Welcome back everyone. Today I want to take a closer look at Best Buy, one of the positions in my dividend portfolio, to see whether the stock still looks attractive to me. 2022 hasn't been the best year for shareholders of the stock, as it's still down around 21% on the year. Things look much better than a month ago, when the stock was down more than 30%, and it's really been a roller coaster ride over the past 6 months or so, with the share price oscillating between the low 60s and the mid 80s. Price volatility can be a good thing for an investor that is still actively buying shares of the stock. If you dollar cost average into Best Buy during the past 6 months, you likely captured some shares near the bottom, and it's possible your average cost is below where the stock trades today. But of course the past is behind us, and my main focus is on what lies ahead. So let's run through a few valuation models to see how Best Buy stock shakes out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll start out with the simplest valuation technique, which for me is dividend yield theory. If you're unfamiliar with this valuation approach, it is quite simple. You compare the current dividend yield a given stock pays today to its trailing dividend yield. If the current dividend yield is larger than the trailing dividend yield, the stock is potentially undervalued, and vice versa. Okay, so in Best Buy's case, the stock currently pays an annual dividend of $3.52 and trades for a share price of around $80. This gives us a current dividend yield of 4.4%. The 4-year average trailing dividend yield for Best Buy is 2.79%. Clearly, the current dividend yield is much larger than the trailing dividend yield, suggesting the stock is potentially undervalued. The exact undervaluation is 57.71%. Now something else we can do is invert the potential undervaluation into a fair price for the shares of Best Buy. To do this, all you need to do is divide the current annual dividend rate of $3.52 by the trailing dividend yield of 2.79%. And if we do this, we come up with a fair price of $126. So based on dividend yield theory, Best Buy looks like a pretty good deal right now. But let's take a look at another valuation model to see if it'll paint a similar picture. Let's now run a dividend discount model to come up with a fair valuation for the stock. If you're not familiar with the dividend discount model and what it tries to accomplish, let me explain. Essentially what this model does is forecast the future dividend stream and then discount the sum of those dividends based on your required rate of return. It differs from dividend yield theory in the sense that we need to make a few assumptions here. First, we need to determine how fast will the dividend stream grow in the future. And second, we need to come up with the required rate of return we would like to receive from our investment. Let's run through the model to see how it all fits together. We start out with the annual dividend rate for the stock, which is $3.52. The next step is to come up with a future dividend growth rate. And I'm actually going to have two dividend growth rates. The first will be a growth rate I believe the company can achieve in the short run, which in my model is the next five years. And the second will be the long-term growth rate I expect from the company beyond the five-year period. To help me determine the future dividend growth rates, I took a look at the dividend growth history for Best Buy. And the company has been growing its dividend at quite a high rate recently. In 2022, the dividend growth rate was 25.71%. In 2021, it was an even more impressive 27.27%. 2020 and 2019 were much lower at 10% and 11.11%. And if we look at the compounded annual growth rate of the dividend, it has stayed very strong in the high teens and low 20s for the past decade. To me, this is a pretty phenomenal history of dividend growth, but for my model, I'd rather be a little bit more conservative. So I'll say that Best Buy will grow its dividend at a rate of 15% for the next 5 years, and 7% per year thereafter. The last parameter I need to enter here is my required rate of return, and I'll keep this simple at 
which is a rate of return I often quote in many of my videos. Let's walk through the model now to see how these assumptions shake out. Based on our assumed rate of dividend growth of 15%, next year we would expect to receive $4.05 in dividends from Best Buy, $5.35 in 2024, $6.16 in 2025, and $7.08 in 2026. And beyond the next 5 years, the terminal value of the future dividend stream from Best Buy is valued at $151.51. The formula for the terminal value is pretty simple. You take the dividend estimate for year number 5, and multiply it by 1 plus the terminal dividend growth rate. Then you take this result, and divide it by the difference of the required rate of return and the terminal dividend growth rate. I'll show you at the end how minor changes in these assumptions can have a large impact on the final outcome. Okay, so now I have the value of the future dividend stream for Best Buy. But since a dollar today isn't worth a dollar tomorrow, we need to figure out the present value of the stream of dividends. To do this, we will use our required rate of return as the discount factor. So the 2023 estimated dividend was $4.05, but the present value of this dividend, based on our required rate of return, is $3.61. For 2024, the estimated dividend was $4.66, which has a present value of $3.71, and so forth. To figure out what the fair price of Best Buy's future dividend stream is worth today, we simply need to sum all of the present values together, and that total comes out to be $105. This is the price I would be willing to pay for the stock today, based on how fast I believe the dividend stream will grow, and my expectation to achieve a 12% rate of return. If we compare this price to the actual price of the stock today of about $80, we can conclude that the shares are about 24% undervalued. Now let's assume for a second that we are not as optimistic about the future dividend growth rate of the company and instead of 15%, we use 12%. This would adjust the fair price down to $93 and a 14% undervaluation. And if our terminal dividend growth rate assumption was also more conservative at 4% instead of 7%, the fair price further declines to just $63, and now it looks 26% overvalued. Of course, we can also have a lower required rate of return because 12% is pretty optimistic. After all, the broad equity market generally hovers around a 10% long-term rate of return. So let's change our required rate of return down to 9%. Now the fair price jumps back up to $103, and we are once more in undervalued territory of about 22%. If you're going to duplicate this model, I would suggest you stick with conservative assumptions for the growth rates, and keep your required rate of return right around where you would like your assets to perform in the long run. I'm going to go back to my original growth and return rate assumptions that pointed to shares being about 23% undervalued. This is a less favorable valuation than dividend yield theory, but still favorable overall in the sense that the stock trades below what I would be willing to pay for it today. Okay, to round out the valuation measures, let's run one more model, the discounted cash flow model, which is probably the most popular valuation technique. This model requires a little more work and a few more assumptions, making it even more sensitive than the prior two. If you're not familiar with the discounted cash flow model, it essentially works the same way as the dividend discount model, except here we are forecasting the future cash flow of the company instead of the dividend stream. To populate the discounted cash flow model, I'm going to need to look at the cash flow statement for Best Buy, and I'll also use the income statement as well. The simple measure of free cash flow is to take the cash from operations and back out capital expenditures. Both figures are easily accessible on the cash flow statement. I'm going to use the most recent data, which is from the trailing 12 months. The cash from operations for Best Buy was 2,083, and this is truncated to the millions for simplicity. And the capital expenditures were 885. This gives us 1,198 as the free cash flow amount. The assumptions we need to make here are how fast will cash from operations grow, how quickly will capital expenditures increase. And we also need to determine a terminal growth rate for free cash flow, and of course have a required rate of return assumption. What I personally like to do is look at the last 10 years to see what historical growth rates have been. If we look at the cash from operations, we can see that they have both gone up and down over the past decade. 
If we average the annual change in cash from operations, it comes out to a positive increase of 13.1% per year. Coming up with the future growth rate this way is not the most ideal method. As you can see in 2017 and 2021, the cash from operations amount increased by more than 90% compared to the prior year, but then quickly receded lower the year after. These two high increase years are pushing the average growth rate much higher than it actually is. A better way to figure out the average growth rate over the last 10 years is to take the trailing 12-month cash from operations number and subtracting the 2013 amount from it, then dividing it by the 2013 amount and further dividing the result by 10 since we are looking at a 10-year period. Now we have come up with a rate of increase of 3.13%, much different than the 13% we got from averaging the annual changes. I would much rather use this more conservative growth rate estimate in my model. If I do the same thing for capital expenditures, we can see that they are increasing by about 1.5% per year. And these are the growth rates I entered into my model, 3% for cash from operations and 1.5% for capital expenditures. Now I can compute both figures for the next 5 years and the resulting free cash flow stream. The next part is the terminal value, or what I would expect all free cash flow beyond year 5 to be worth. For this we will also need to come up with the terminal growth rate for free cash flow. I decided to use 2.5%, which I think is a fair estimate for a long-term GDP growth rate and I'll assume Best Buy in the long run can grow at the same rate as the overall economy. I feel this is a pretty safe assumption to use. Similar to the dividend discount model, we now have to figure out the present value of this future free cash flow stream. And for this, we will discount the free cash flow estimates by our required rate of return of 12%. When we sum up all the present values, we come up with 20,207, which is the value of Best Buy today. And to make this number more meaningful, what we need to do is divide it by the number of shares outstanding, so we can have a per share value of the company. We can pull the current share count for the company off the income statement. And right now Best Buy has 246.8 shares outstanding. So if we divide 20,207 by 246.8, we get a fair price of $82, which is right in line with where the stock trades today. So the discounted cash flow model tells us Best Buy is about fairly valued right now. And if we average out all three valuation models, we get a fair price of $104 that implies a 30% undervaluation for the stock. Keep in mind, these valuations are only as good as the assumptions used to put them together. Perhaps my dividend discount model was a bit too optimistic when I used the 15% dividend growth rate for the next 5 years. And for dividend yield theory, the latter part of 2020 and 2021 were periods of excessive valuations for stocks, resulting in the current trailing dividend yield, not being an ideal reflection of where the stock will ultimately plateau. I personally like Best Buy as a business, and I have a sizable position in the stock. I added to this position as the stock visited the $60 and $70 range, and I may even add more while it's trading in the low 80s right now. Ultimately, whether you invest in a given stock or not should come down to at least two fundamental factors. Number one, do you believe the company will continue to grow in the future? And can you estimate that growth with a level of confidence? And two, does the current valuation make sense to you, in the sense that you feel you're getting a good deal for the price you're paying? If you can answer yes to both of these questions, you should invest in the stock. And of course, I would encourage you to do more research up to a point where you feel confident in the company you are purchasing. But these are my two fundamental questions that I ask myself before I invest in any stock. Beyond that point, I like to be patient and let my position ride the market for a long while before I return to reevaluate the company and whether I should continue to hold, invest more, or move to another position.